hi this is jovi and this is charlie and you're listening to bed crime stories this is a weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and we take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night yeah we do and we do do. good too um (laughs) that's weird um so two quick interactions with listeners i want Mm. to talk about right at the top of the show please 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 Number one is the amazing message I got the other day at work from a coworker of mine who also happens to be a listener who thoroughly enjoyed Edgar the Environmental Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> did you show, did he see the, uh, it, like Edgar's uh, design? He, I don't know if he did. I actually didn't ask him if he saw it on Instagram, but he messaged me the other day at work and he's like, I'm laughing so hard. I keep having to pause and rewind it to listen to things that I miss because I'm laughing so hard. So, Kevin, I'm so happy that you enjoyed it. Thank you. Yes. We just thrive to make people's days better. Yes. And I'm actually very happy that he enjoys our humor. (laughs) Yes, because honestly, and I know we mentioned it in the episode that I really thought we were going to be the only two idiots who found us funny <laughs> in that entire episode. So I really appreciated the fact that mm-hmm. at least one other person thought we were funny. Yes. So <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Thanks, agreed. Oh, and then we also, we got an email um, five days ago um, and I actually just saw it last night and I felt so bad that I thought I missed it, but it was only a five day old email. And this is from Tanya from the UK, which you know how much Jovi and I love getting messages from our fans outside of the U.S. It is just yes. like the coolest thing ever. I it don't really understand. Is. I can't in my little puny, tiny midget of a brain wrap my head around the fact that there's people halfway around the world who know what my voice sounds like. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I can't justify that in my brain. But it's anyway. crazy. I know it's stupid. So um, stupid, but good. Mm-hmm. Good, stupid. Mm-hmm. Like the good, stupid from the 90s. <laughs> Um, and Tanya sent us a picture of her two fur babies who are so cute and hugging each other in this picture. And it's so funny. And (laughs) the animal, (laughs) their names are Kanye and Pete. (laughs) (laughs) It just makes me smile. Um, and she says, blame the teens for her name. Um, which I don't know. Kanye made me laugh harder than Pete. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Um, So when I messaged her back, I told her to give Pete and Kanye some snuggles for us. I'm like, that's a sentence I never thought I would say. (laughs) Legit. That is legit. But yes, I, uh, we thoroughly appreciate you guys. You, you all make us laugh and make us smile. So thank you so much for reaching out and the, uh, the fur baby pictures are greatly appreciated, especially with the, the content of our yes it was very it was very nice to see i i Mm -hmm. I really appreciate it i was like oh the babies you know (laughs) the babies the fuzzy little babies i was talking to them in a baby voice like they could actually hear me Mm -hmm. um no shame about it either like it Mm -hmm. it happened it happened yes Mm -hmm. but anyway so jovi are you watching listening reading anything right now that uh you would like to share with our loyal lovely beautiful listeners no (laughs) same (laughs) (laughs) same like i i just i had the weekend to myself this past weekend and it was wonderful um Mm. and you know what i watched Hmm. disney movies nice no i i I approve that message also also because it's been a really long time um saturday night i watched the disney movies friday night because Showtime has been showing them like on loop. I watched mm-hmm. all the Twilight movies. And shut up. okay, shut up. Yes. I've been in the mood to watch those awful things. And I, I don't know why. You know what? I and I was like, God, I feel so stupid. But then I'm watching it and I'm like, one, I fucking hate Bella. Yeah. Two, I might have been Team Edward in the beginning, but fuck Edward. Fuck Jacob Edward. is the way to go. Hell, like, yes, he is. Oh my god! And besides the fact, this is a hot take that I and I alone think I am the only person who has this take. Robert Pattinson looks like the bottom of a foot. <laughs> he's he's foot face. 
He's a weird looking person. I I thought he was good looking for a time. Um, I, I'm just, I think the whole thing, like Taylor Lautner is so attractive. Yes, he is. And the fact that there was people who were like, no, our pats. And I'm like, real. Mm-hmm. have you seen Taylor mm-hmm. Lautner? Have you Shirtless. seen him? Shirtless. Like, have you actually l- opened your eyeballs and, and seen him. Taylor Lautner? Mm-hmm. Because bananas, he is uh, good looking. I just, and it's like, not only was the acting terrible. Because oh my it God, was. so bad. Um, but like it's things that I didn't realize when I was younger watching this mm-hmm. because I was mm-hmm. so blinded by the obsession at the moment. But now, like taking a, a look back, I'm just like, wow. You mean the fact that Bella only found her worth with being with another person? Yes, slash that, man. And she like yeah. in in um New Moon because Edward wasn't in it. It yeah. was like get the fuck over yourself. Like seriously, this is the skin of a killer, Bella. <laughs> so dumb i totally want to watch them too they're so bad you should <laughs> oh we should do a rewatch we should watch it together we should we and should. yes another hot take i thought well okay so you know that jovi and i are elder millennials mm-hmm. it i absolutely love the dude who plays carlisle yes me too peter Cuccinelli. when peter he was on Cuccinelli, Nurse, i loved Jackie. him Okay, so me, I'm all like, I loved him in Can't Hardly Wait. Yes. And he was he like was the jerky bag. jock. And he was dating Jennifer Love Hewitt, who's, yep. whose character's name is Amanda. He's like, Amanda. <laughs> He's such an idiot. He's so cute. So then like, watching Twilight, I'm like, oh, you're Pacinelli, what happened to you? You used like, to be married to Jenny Garth. <laughs> what, what the worst part about it is, is the fake accent that he has it's bad like i there's only three characters i could stand in that movie okay Okay. um alice yes i fucking love alice emmett charlie oh charlie love charlie oh charlie i Mm -hmm. emmett's funny um Mm -hmm. billy i love billy (laughs) and and jacob that's it jacob yeah even though he gets a little whiny too he can but honestly he isn't terrible yeah i love charlie and honestly too like being a full, fully grown adult woman makes you realize that charlie's probably the best looking cast member in yes. the entire movie yes <laughs> like, oh hello officer charlie yes. how are you doing today <laughs> i agree i agree I hear you come with your own set of handcuffs <laughs> uh, not to objectify no charlie or anything but i'm gonna yeah um yeah Twilight. well it's kind of murdery right it is kind of murdery. vampires Yes. And Saturday I watched um a Disney movie for the first time and I'm very sad that I waited so long to watch it. Um I watched Raya and the Last Dragon. I heard that was fantastic. I it, also haven't watched it. It's really good and like the colors. I cried mm-hmm. of course. I don't think there's yeah. a Disney movie that I've watched that I didn't cry at, but it's so good. The story is fantastic. The animation of course is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like oh my god. I 10 out of 10 would recommend. And then I watched yeah. Turning Red again because that movie is just, it's so cute. It is I like so turn- cute. I think Turning Red is actually the only Disney movie I hadn't cried at, but I still love that movie. Yes. It didn't make me cry, but I love that movie. Right. It's just funny. Yeah. It's, it's it's very funny. It's cute. It's not to be taken seriously. It's yes. just, it's a good time. So I got yeah. very frustrated when that movie came out and people were, like not happy with the content and i was like but you have to remember who it's actually technically geared towards this isn't geared towards typical disney little kids nope this was geared towards like prepubescent pubescent like the preteens the preteens because it was about getting your period Mm -hmm. having your first crush Mm -hmm. like it was that type of like this isn't for seven-year-olds this is for preteens yep and like when you look at it from that lens, you're like, okay, then yeah. yes. And it's that whole idea of like coming of age and being like, I want to find my who I am as a mm-hmm. human being and not have just my identity tied to who my family is. Exactly. And exactly. Like, true facts. I get that. And they do it perfectly. They yes, do they it do. Perfectly. And boy bands. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, boy bands. bands. Which speaking of boy bands. Lance Bass has a new podcast. I know I've been listening. And it is fucking fantastic. And AJ is going to be on next week. And I can't freaking wait. AJ McLean from the Backstreet Boys. Doy, if you don't know who we're talking about. 
the first episode with JC Chazé was friggin' phenomenal. It was hysterical. So great. And then the mm-hmm. second episode, there's only two episodes out right mm-hmm. now as as recording. By the time you guys listen to this, the AJ episode will be out. Yes. Um, the uh, second episode was Jonathan Knight from New Kids. Mm-hmm. And he, <laughs> Lance mentions in that episode that he's doing a dramatic, like, story. Instead mm-hmm. of a documentary, <laughs> he's doing, like, a show about Lou Pearlman. Yeah. And I told my sister, <laughs> like, because at first I thought it was another documentary. Yeah. She was telling me about it. So I thought the way that we were talking about it, I thought it was another documentary. I'm like, I think he should, oh, I don't know, contact podcast hosts that yeah. I don't know, happen to do an entire episode about Lee Perlman on Agreed. their podcast and is obsessed about it. I'm Agreed. just saying. But then I realized it's like a show. Yeah. Like a fictionalized drama. Like it's still interview. I mean, come Fucking on. Lou G.D. Fucking- Perlman perlman that episode made me angry he makes me angry we can totally keep i don't care if we keep this and i do want to tell you though jovi so uh my sister pointed out that in that episode um lance mentions the neighborhood that lou perlman lived in orlando in in orlando Mm -hmm. so we're gonna try and figure out if that's the neighborhood we passed in orlando over the summer yes 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 Yes. so every year every year jovi myself and my sister do a sister weekend we do Mm -hmm. a little getaway just us girls and we go out of town and it's usually never we usually just go to orlando mm-hmm. and get out of town and whatever so this past summer we stayed in orlando we got ourselves a verbo slash airbnb same mm-hmm. shit mm-hmm. and it was a condo with a private pool which we were totally down with amazing amazing the one night we were going to city walk at universal in orlando and it, our GPS took us like a really weird way. Yes. And we went through this really, really rich area known as Windermere, Florida, which is a suburb of Orlando. Mm-hmm. Super, super pricey, pricey. And we know that that's kind of around where, where the yep. lunus existed. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we need the to lunus. figure out if that's where we were. Yes. Yes, we At do. The compound. <laughs> We yeah. should see if we could drive by it. Uh, Marlboro. So yeah, oh, good times. But, but yeah, that's but that's yes, what I'm I've been watching. You guys have to listen to that podcast. <laughs> yes, so please. I'm so glad you're listening to it, Jovi. It's great. yes, because I love Lance. And... I love I love Lance and Joey. They're my well, and I actually love JC. Yes, honestly, same. I love Chris. I just don't like Justin Timberlake. Same, <laughs> same. That is that is very very accurate. Though Joey Fatone did say something on the John Knight episode that I was like, no, that can't happen. He was talking about how Donnie Wahlberg wants to get all of the boy bands together on one big tour. So New Kids in Sync, Backstreet, 90, like the whole shebang. That can't happen. No. There will be violence amongst the crowd. Very, yes. Like so they might violence. all get along. Like, Ugh. great. I love knowing that they're all friends. I don't want to be friends with them, with their fans. No. <laughs> fine no. I, like, I don't need to be friends with their fans no Mm-mm. and i'm not fighting with an sync slash no. new kids fan for a front row absolutely not nope they're they're no, they will happening. scratch your eyes out like you think and like, so will we and yes <laughs> we don't fuck around okay no, no. okay no. okay <laughs> okay that's a lot but anyway i actually have a true crime headline oh yes 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 and it's piggybacking off of, oh geez, it's piggybacking off of the true crime headline that you had last week. Okay. So we talked about um, Anna Walsh, mm-hmm. who went missing on New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. The Her husband, Brian Walsh, had been arrested at last we met. Correct. He was just arrested. He was just arrested when, the yes, the last time we met. Well, today, apparently mofo was like arraigned and today is the 18th of january Mm -hmm. is when this this is also when the article came out i am uh looking at this article from nbcnews.com okay the uh, headline reads missing massachusetts woman woman's husband searched for 10 ways to dispose of a 10 body no that's not those no. aren't words that i just said no. let me do that again 10 ways <laughs> 10 body okay <laughs> not ted's body we don't care how to no. do that let me do no. that again okay missing massachusetts woman <laughs> husband searched 10 ways to dispose of a dead body prosecutors say so 
sorry to this man, but 47-year-old Brian Walsh, there was a murder warrant um, issued for him. He was in court today. They presented the evidence against him this morning um, in the alleged death of his wife, Anna Walsh. Now, from what I understand, they still haven't found her yet. So there's no there's no telling exactly what happened to her but the assumption is that he she has been killed and unfortunately dismembered yeah is the is the assumption yeah he pled not guilty of course course he did apparently investigators found the couple's deal dna along with a covid vaccination card for anna and a hacksaw cutting shears and a hatchet in a trash bag that had been disposed of in a dumpster at his at his mother's apartment complex about 40 miles north of where they lived okay that's also stupid 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 if you're going to dispose of something it's best not to do it in any way connected to you correct not that we're giving you tips murderers out there but don't fucking do that but like i feel like that should be common murderer sense now, listen to the internet searches this man made in the early morning hours of January 1st on his son's iPad, which is also, like, extra gross. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> How long before a body starts to smell? Mm. How to stop a body from decomposing? How to bound a body? Ten ways to dispose of a dead body if you really need to. <laughs> if you really need to. As opposed to like when you want to keep it around. Right. 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 Okay. <laughs> this one is glaring to me even more so than like the ones about like disposition. This one I think is actually even the worst one. Mm. How long for someone to be missing to inherit? Yeah. 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 Big old red flag. Mm-hmm. Um, can you <laughs> like this one? Can you throw away body parts? Um, uh, can you? Sure. Should you? Absolutely not. No, because you shouldn't no, have no. body parts to throw out. <laughs> yes. Now there's more. His Google searches included later that morning. His searches included how long does DNA last? Can identification be made on partial remains? Yes. Yes. Like anybody who's even lived in the universe knows this oh my god can identification be made on partial room oh i said that already dismember okay dismemberment and the best way to dispose of a body and how to clean blood from a wooden floor (laughs) what happens when you put body parts in ammonia and again this is another one that it's like what the fuck is it better to throw away crime scene clothes or wash them Oh my God! What are you? He How are you a human? Is this don't person need a any robot? More evidence? Are you a robot? Legit. Like, what is Legit. wrong with you? Wow. Um, his internet search on the second of January. That was all just on the on the first of January. Mm-hmm. On January second, the internet searches included hacksaw best tool to dismember. <laughs> Can you be charged with murder without a body? So he was going on the whole no body, no crime thing. Mm-hmm. Can you identify a body with broken teeth? Yes. The same day he purchased three rugs at Home Goods. He bought cleaning products, mops, brushes, tape, tarp, and a Tyvek suit with boot covers, buckets, goggles, baking soda, and a hatchet at Home Depot. Now, okay. Okay. Yeah. If you're working the register and you're ringing somebody up with this stuff i'm sorry I my see that first person. call is like yes Hi, cops this yes. man killed someone correct yes i would save that receipt that has his name and information on the bottom be like check out yes. this motherfucker right here okay oh, and apparently there was more internet searches on the third oh what happens to hair on a dead body it stays there Uh, that's a dumb question what is the rate of decomposition of a body found in a plastic bag compared to on a surface in the woods and can (laughs) can baking soda make a body smell good (laughs) (laughs) and the worst part of all of this (gasps) the world's stupidest murderer Mm -hmm. still probably killed this woman yeah that's the worst part about all of this this woman is still probably dead 
She has children. And this ridiculously moronic person who did these internet searches mm-hmm. was probably the one who did it of course he was it's so scary it's so upsetting it and it's so scary and i'm so sad for this woman and mm-hmm. i'm so sad for her children and the fact that he did these internet searches on his child's I- ipad is yep. like you depraved person mm-hmm. what is what why has nobody ever heard of divorce anymore? But like, you know what it is? You know what it is with the divorce? You uh, know, you know that saying, it's cheaper to keep her. Nobody wants to pay for it, but yet they're going to pay for it by going to fucking jail. Uh, this poor woman. It is heartbreaking. It is. Heartbreaking. Beautiful. Beautiful. And he reminds me of Brittany Murphy's husband. Yes. Yes. That's and he, who he looks- reminds me of. And he, like I mentioned last week, he does look like that motherfucker that's going to try to sell fake Andy Warhol paintings. Like, that's exactly what he looks like. He's trying. It's so upsetting. This case is so, it's so upsetting. It is. It's bad. It's bad. I just, this, my heart breaks yeah. for her. Yeah. Like, what I can't even fathom. Again, my puny little tiny pea brain. I cannot fathom those that those final moments with that Mm -hmm. man it's it's the saddest scariest most upsetting thing Mm -mm. i it's heartbreaking and her fucking poor children Mm -hmm. because now not only do they not have their mom they're not gonna have their dad either but you know what that's a good thing because who would want that motherfucker as their father after all scary scary shit scary shit and then and charlie actually sent a tiktok to myself and another one of our friends of (laughs) of him in court and this woman reading off everything that charlie just read and he he looks like he's smiling he looks like he's smirking it's fucking bad yeah like when she reads like probably the second or third um internet search he kind of like shakes his head like no Mm -hmm. but then the rest of the time he's sitting there and there's this slight smirk that comes on his face like yeah i did that yeah it's the creepiest most upsetting thing Ugh. 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 yeah sorry no, to this gross. man but not sorry to this man no. nope nope it's so upsetting it's it heartbreaking this poor woman i agree but anyway <laughs> <laughs> i was just note, giving it a moment to... <laughs> anna walsh anna walsh poor thing yeah so upsetting yeah dumb, dumb yeah also washington dc my crime last week was in washington dc yes, it was yeah yes it was and mine tonight is in Connect I Cut. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Which isn't that where they were? They oh no, they were Massachusetts. Mas- Massachusetts, yeah. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. My crime next week, Washington D.C. Ah, what the fuck? Uh, All right, Northeast. Come on. <laughs> All right, fuck. Northeast. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez. Man. Cheese and rice. Mm-hmm. All right. So on that note, <laughs> after all that, yes, after all that, I'm going to pass it over to Jovi so she can um, regale us with this evening's bed crime story. Well, thank you very much. Charlie. You're welcome very much. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Well, no, it's not funny at all. <laughs> with, with talking about this dumbass that most definitely, according to me, murdered his wife, Anna Walsh. My story has to deal with chopping up body parts as well. So that's a weird coincidence, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Unfortunate coincidence. (laughs) Yeah. Tonight, I am going to be doing the wood chipper murder, the murder of Hell Crafts. My sources for tonight are Mm -hmm. crimelibrary.com, article by Mark Godot, 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 one of those. Uh, history.com article by history.com editors mm. criminally intrigued.com which is a blog mm-hmm. and a youtube video by eleanor neal called the body in the wood chipper also side note this eleanor neal chicky mm-hmm. i she's fantastic like she has a crap ton of other videos and after i watched it on this one i i kind of fell into that hole and i'm like mm-hmm. huh I want to be able to tell stories like her one day. So <laughs> if you haven't checked her out, definitely check her out. Yep. But our story begins. Hel Nielsen was born in Denmark 
um, just outside of Copenhagen, actually, on July 7th, 1947. She was a very bright and outgoing child. And as she was growing up, she learned quite a few different languages. Um, She could speak fluent English and French, but she could understand a good amount of German, Swedish, and Norwegian. Mm. Yeah, fancy. Even though she loved her small town and she was very happy there, she craved something more. So think Belle and Beauty and the Beast with, mm-hmm. I want adventure in the great white somewhere. You know, that whole right. thing. She whole wanted thing. more than that provincial life. Yes, she did. Yeah. Yes, she did. So yeah, she wanted out. She wanted to go see the world. Other cultures intrigued her and she just wanted to learn all about them and experience everything that she could. I get that. Oh, yeah. And as soon as she was able to, she signed up to become an exchange student. So she went to university in the UK. And Mm -hmm. once she was finished, she still wasn't ready to go home. Mm. She found herself in Paris and she became an au pair, which is fancy (laughs) fancy for a living nanny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she did that for a couple of years. And now while she was living in France, she got a job as a flight attendant with Capital Airways. Hmm. Um, yeah. Well, that's she, one way to see the world, huh? Exactly. And yeah. I, that's exactly why she took that job. Um, mm-hmm. When she was working with Capital Airways, she flew to Africa many times out of Brussels or Frankfurt. And she just enjoyed the thrill of going to these places and seeing what she could while she was there. Right. I got that. When, yeah. When she heard that Pan Am Airways was looking for flight attendants in the Copenhagen area, she applied for the job. Hell was one of eight candidates selected out of a group of 200 and was sent to Miami for training. Mm-hmm. Since since she was already a flight attendant with her previous airline, it was easy for her to finish first in her training class. Mm-hmm. During the time that she was in Miami, she lived in a small motel near the airport which that motel was actually known for housing other airline employees, flight attendants, pilots, because it was so close to the airport. Okay. So on May 24th, 1969, while Hell was waiting at the motel for a flight, she met Richard Crafts, who was 31 at the time, and her life would never be the same. Um, And now he was actually 10 years her senior. Okay. So she was, she was a baby. She was in her early uh, early 20s okay so now let me give a little bit of background on richard um he was originally from new york he grew up very wealthy um his family was very wealthy and mm-hmm. his upbringing was very privileged and apparently he had a great childhood okay he attended private school but he didn't excel at all <laughs> mm-hmm. he, he allowed himself to be distracted by girls and he wasted his potential ladies mm-hmm. he later graduated from darien high school and he did do the college thing for a little while but he dropped out and joined the marines in 1956 mm-hmm. and now i read somewhere um that he actually went to college to study agriculture and my whole theory on that is if you're not like into agriculture uh-huh. that could probably get boring real quick oh yeah so unless he was planning on becoming like a farmer then mm-hmm. you could be a farmer in those clothes <laughs> nice nice Thanks. reference Thanks. um but yeah so agriculture dropped out joined the marines yeah what do you do with that major exactly you have to legit it has to be like something farmy like something like, farmy yeah like if you have if you're gonna like inherit your family's farm or but still you just know how to do that right i i think like if you grew up on a farm i don't know how to do that i'm not saying like you walk on a farm you're like hey look i'm a farmer that's not how that works no but like if you're inheriting your family's farm you know how to farm you would think so what do you go to like is it uh i don't care (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) i don't i don't care i don't care I don't care enough about this person. I don't care enough about this person to <laughs> to no. To and you shouldn't you shouldn't care yeah. about this person. At I'm all. assuming he kills people, so I'm, I don't. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Now, while he was in the Marines, he gravitated toward aviation and became proficient at flying helicopters. Oh, okay. I mean, very opposite of farming. Yes, one very is on much the ground so. and one is in the air. Exactly, 
exactly. Unless you wanted to try to build a farm in the air, then, you know, there's that. It's impossible. Hey, Matt Damon did it in The Martian. That's true. He grew potatoes with poop fertilizer. That is a fantastic movie. Have you it's seen that movie? It's a great movie. Oh, my God. Yes, I've seen that movie. Well, I don't know. You could. I mean, everybody. Well, it's okay. I also talk about how Leonardo DiCaprio gets raped by a bear in The Revenant. And I've never <laughs> seen The Revenant because I also don't know if he gets sexually assaulted by a bear. So, so I just thought that. that that's what happened. I assume. I based did on what people Based on context clues of what yes. others have said to me. Yes. And I just ran with it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I've never seen it either. I don't want to. Yeah uh so anyway super off subject i apologize (laughs) flying helicopters cool yes he trained on fixed wing aircraft and quickly became certified as a pilot in the late 50s question yeah aren't all planes fixed wing aircraft they don't flap their wings right i don't know what would be unaffixed well all right let me google this hold on that I that I care about, that I'm curious about, because I don't understand what the opposite would be. Hold on, hold on. I don't know. I don't want to read this page. That's my question. <gasps> I don't care. Now now Joby's like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. care. You ask your stepdaughter's boyfriend. I should. I bet he knows. He totally does. Um, okay. A non-fixed wing aircraft, auto gyro, sometimes called gyrocopter, gyroplane, or or rode a plane utilizes an a helicopter motor. it's a helicopter okay yeah Ro- rotating great. that yeah, makes we're, sense we're fantastic i forgot that helicopters <laughs> existed for a minute even though i literally <laughs> just, like, just said doy <laughs> i literally just said he came proficient at flying helicopters wow we're fantastic we're fun <laughs> anyway I forgot that helicopters existed <laughs> all right go ahead um oh lord as a pilot, he had little trouble finding work for the next few years. Um, he flew for a variety of outfits until he finally secured a pilot's job in 1968 with Eastern. And at the time, it was one of America's largest and busiest airlines. And I can imagine him not having issues finding work because that was kind of like the boom of air right. travel, right? Like right. that late 60s, early 70s. That makes sense that he would have been like kind of rolling in jobs at that point. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the first time in his life, he was actually making a comfortable salary. Mm-hmm. Though he was always busy, he still made sure to have a social life. When he met Hell in 1969, he was already engaged to someone else. Mm. Okay, red Sup- flag. Exactly. Supposedly, yeah. though, Hell didn't seem to mind. Mm. Yeah. They maintained an on-again, off-again relationship for the next few years. Um, they frequently fought. A lot of the times in public, but somehow they'd always find each other again. Mm. Hell's friends were suspicious of crafts and some actually showed open hostility toward him. And I would just like to say Charlie would be one of those friends. Yeah. She's yeah. done it. She's done I it. have. Mm-hmm. I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. I would openly argue with Jovi's people that i didn't like yeah. in public in bars you're yeah. an idiot <laughs> literally said that to one of them once. yes 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 she did fun. he wasn't gentlemen he was an idiot yeah i he I argued just... with me once we were at a bar mm-hmm. and there was a picture a drawing on the wall of like a little like leprechaun man with a shillelagh which we yes. all know is like a walking stick he right. tried to argue with me about what a shillelagh was and honestly i don't remember what he said it was but he was just wrong like that's wrong yeah. A shillelagh is a walking stick. He was arguing with me. And at one point I just looked at him I'm like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're, don't argue with me. You're dumb. This is Stop. true facts. This is true facts, lady, ladies and gentlemen. Really Needless to say, we him. didn't last long. No, I we couldn't stand him. I know he was an couldn't. artist. Okay. Mm. You're yeah. an unemployed turd is what you are. <laughs> that is you're a turd. More accurate. Anywho, uh, sir. Anyway, no more, sorry. No more about him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Most of her friends couldn't understand her attract her attraction to Richard. It was really obvious that she could have nearly any man she wanted, yet for some reason she uh, wanted him. Yeah. Heart wants what the heart wants, right? Yeah, I guess so. In 1975, Hell became pregnant, and in November of that year, uh. they married in New Hampshire. 
within the first year of their marriage, Richard bought a one-level ranch home in the city of Newton. Newton. Why did I say it like that? Newton. Newton in Newton, Connecticut. Hal gave birth to their first child. And then over the next few years, she had two more children. Now, once the children were old enough, she hired Dawn Marie Thomas, who was 19 at the time, as a live-in nanny and returned to work as a flight attendant. With with both her and Richard um, working, him as a pilot, Mm -hmm. her as a flight attendant, their combined income exceeded $125,000. Wow, back then? Back then. That's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Legit, legit. Now, because Richard was managing all the finances, this enabled him to spend a great deal of money on one of his favorite things, collecting guns. I was like, farming. (laughs) (laughs) No, remember he dropped out for farming. That's right. He hated farming. He did. (laughs) He already had quite the arsenal of weapons when he was single, but now that he was married and they had this home, he could actually... Purchase more and actually store them. Yeah. He owned enough guns and ammunition to arm 50 men. Mm, Mm. That's unpleasant. That is. It's unsettling. Mm -hmm. He spent a large amount of time tending to this collection, cleaning them, polishing them, and arranging them like they're his precious. Mm. If there were. Sounds phallic. It does. It sounds very like, like Freud would have a field day diagnosing that person correct correct um if there was a gun show nearby or in any of the surrounding states he was there looking to to grow his collection even more it's gun show right here (laughs) wow wow (laughs) so anyway (laughs) uh Uh, very impressive guns there charlie thanks very impressive the gun show (laughs) There was already trouble in their marriage, aside from uh, Richard's fascination with the guns. Hell appeared in public several times with bruises on her face. One of her friends, it is very upsetting. One of her friends later told the police that Hell was physically abused by her husband. Mm. The same friend also said that Hell was deeply hurt by the way Richard treated her during her first pregnancy. And she had said that she would never forgive Richard for what he put her through. Yet she had two more with him. Not victim shaming. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, no, I know. It's just, it's so, it's upsetting. It's, it is. It's, again, going back to, it's just upsetting. Agreed. It's very upsetting. Agreed. After the children were born, uh, Richard would disappear for days at a time and never say where he was. He would pack his shit and he would leave. And then several days later, he would return. Mm. now i i don't know if i read this or if this was mentioned on the youtube video but apparently he had a separate apartment that he would just go off to Mm. and have rendezvous and all that fun Mm. stuff yeah so hell never knew if he was away on business at a gun show or just somewhere else and since he controlled all the money in the family he made hell pay for all the house expensive expenses mortgage bills all that stuff. And then mm. he spent his money. He spent the money that he controlled on anything. On he guns? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, yes, guns and anything. Including guns. Mm-hmm. Got it. He bought a variety of landscaping equipment, tractors, mowers, and a $25,000 backhoe. And he never used any of them. So to me, it just sounds like he likes spending money. Like mm-hmm. he's made out of it. In 1982, despite his responsibilities of being a pilot, he became an auxiliary police officer in in Newton, New, Newtown, Newton. I don't remember how he said it. In Newtown, sure. Although he was not paid for his time at the police department, he took the job very seriously. Because he got to play cop. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He would just hang around the police station, even if he wasn't on duty. And he would respond to police calls without being authorized to do so. Mm -hmm. In 1986, he was hired as a police officer in the the nearby town of Southbury. His salary was $7 an hour, which was way, way beneath his pay as a pilot. Mm. He paid his own way for expensive training seminars that gave instructions on police procedures. The red flags are going off. Sirens are yeah. going off in my head. Yeah. Um, 
Richard performed his police duties had duties with a strange amount of excitement and even purchased a 1985 Ford Crown Victoria, which was the same car that the Connecticut State Police used. That's not good. No. He he even outfitted it at his own cost with multiple radios, antennas, police lights, and a siren. So there's that. The reddest of flags. The reddest of flags. Yes. Legit. Hell talked about um, asking Richard for a divorce with several of her friends on several occasions, but just kind of was like, nah, I mean, nah, whatever. Yeah. But then she had discovered that her husband had once again been having an affair behind her back. Mm, After after discovering a large number of phone calls to an unknown number, she hired a private investigator to follow and watch Richard to confirm her fears. It did not take Keith Mayo, who was the hired private investigator, long to confirm that Hell was correct. Mm-hmm. He handed her pictures he had taken of Richard Crafts and his mistress kissing outside of her New Jersey home. Mm. Yeah. So now that she had these pictures, though, she was like, <laughs> divorce. Yeah. She's like, I'm I'm done. It's done. It's time. Yeah. It is time. She was scared of how he would take the news of her wanting a divorce and rightfully so. Yeah. Can't blame her. Um, because she knew that he had a temper and he could be abusive, but she refused to step back. Like she was, mm-hmm. it was going to happen this time. Multiple coworkers and friends later told police that hell had told them on more than one occasion that quote, if something happens to me, don't assume it was an accident. Mm. That's terrifying. That's, that's terrible. terrifying. That's, that's terrifying. terrible. Yeah. On November 18th, 1986, Hell landed in New York after working a flight from Frankfurt. She and two other flight attendants drove to Newton and pulled up outside of Hell's home around 7 p.m. When they pulled up, she saw Richard's car in the driveway, let out a deep, a big sigh, and said, Richard's home. And that was the last time anybody saw her alive. Oh, poor thing. Mm-hmm. God, that's ups- that is upsetting imagine being that person that dropped her off like i uh, yeah nope 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 in the early morning hours of november 19th 1986 the living nanny dawn was woken up by richard knocking on her door he proceeded to tell her that all the power in the house had gone out due to the unusually severe snowstorm that hit connecticut that year Mm -hmm. um Apparently, it was like the worst they'd ever seen. Uh, He told her that she needed to get the kids up and ready so that he could drop them off at his sister's house so that he could get the no power situation under control. Which, Mm. what the fuck could you do? Are you an electrician? Are you going to go up in the little bucket thing and go up to the wires? Mm. Like, come on. Are you Ron Swanson who totally could do that? Exactly. Like, what the fuck? You are not Ron Swanson. Sorry. You are not. Uh, okay and then so she's like she woke she got the kids up got them ready and then she asked him where hell was and he quickly responded and told her that she was already waiting for them at his sister's Mm. once dawn got the kids ready and gathered what they needed richard drove them over to his sister's house when she realized that hell wasn't there dawn asked again where she was and with an attitude richard replied i don't know Knowing that they were going through a messy divorce, she didn't press the issue any further and continued to get the kids situated at his sister's house, and he left to go back to the powerless house. Finally, around 9 p.m. that night, he picked up his kids and Dawn from sister from his sister's place and brought them home. Still mm. no sign of hell. A few days go by, and Hell's friends and her private investigator begin to worry about her. It was not common for her to just up and vanish like that without warning, um, especially because the kids, her job, all that. Mm -hmm. All her friends kept in mind the what she said to them multiple times, the if something happens to me, don't think it was an accident. And this made them stay vigilant in trying to find her and telling the authorities that something was wrong. And they just they wanted her to be found. Yeah. Her friends knew that he could be abusive, but no matter how many times he was asked, he maintained maintained that he had not seen her. 
Now, he had given several different versions of what happened to hell. He told a neighbor that she made a trip to Germany and would be returning home soon. He told others that he didn't know where she went. He told Dawn that hell had to fly to Denmark because her mother was ill. Her mother was ill and that she would be back on November 24th. Mm. On November 29th, another friend, Lena Johansson, obtained hell's mother's phone number in Denmark and called her. Her mother wasn't in the hospital and she was actually in good health. And she told her that she didn't expect to see hell until the next in until next April. Oh God. Finding out this information, Lena went to the police. She's like, yeah, hi. I was told this. I called her mom. Her mom isn't sick and she has no idea where hell is. And then she had told the police also that if anything happens to me, don't assume. It yeah. Yeah. Now, on December 1st, 1986, she was finally considered to be a missing person. But Richard didn't report her missing or even acted like he cared that she was gone. Mm. So now an an investigation officially started and all the red flags were up immediately. One of the first people the investigators interviewed was Dawn. She recalled several strange events that occurred on the 19th and the days following. First, she recounted being woken up early that morning and being Mm -hmm. taken to his sister's house. And when Hell wasn't there, she was extremely confused. Mm -hmm. And now, in addition to the different explanation of her disappearance, Dawn also noticed strange stains in the bedroom. Mm. Shortly after they appeared, they had been removed. Large chunk, large chunks of carpet were cut out without explanation. Again, when questions, when questioned, Richard maintained that it was from kerosene. <laughs> oh, I, I know. Oh, oh, okay. I know. I know. I know. I hate when I spill my kerosene on my rug. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know. The private investigator felt that the investigation was moving too slowly. So, upon finding out, excuse me, about the removal of the carpet. He went to the landfill, he found the carpet, and he brought it in for testing, but there was no blood on the carpet. I know. It was cool. It was pretty (laughs) fucking cool. Like, going to a landfill to find Mm -hmm. it, like, there's a lot of trash at the landfill. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then, a few days later, a local snowplower came forward with an unusual sighting of Richard. He stated that at approximately 3 a.m., the morning of November 20th on the road next to Lake Zor, he, Joseph Hine is the witness's name, saw a truck parked off to the side of the road and mm-hmm. he described the vehicle as a U-Haul van. The box van was off-white, dirty white, square type, and the cab was orange colored. So he's describing what he's seen. Mm-hmm. He said that their light, the lights were off and the roll-up back was closed. As he got closer, he seen that the truck had a large wood chipper attached to the back. Just as he was passing the U-Haul, he saw a man standing near the driver's door who suddenly began to walk to the rear of the truck. And now we know this is Richard. He just kind of told him, keep going. And he did, because whatever. Right. Two hours later, he came back plowing the same road in the opposite direction. So now it's 5.30 a.m. He saw the the U-Haul still there with the wood chipper, but Mm -hmm. there was was nobody around. He noticed that now the back of the box was open and he could see wood chips inside and on the shoulder of the road. With that information, the police had a place to start looking where they didn't need a warrant. Mm -hmm. So they started the search. The first area they located was a patch of land with fresh wood chips scattered around. The search would be intense, but necessary because they had to find as much as they possibly could. Mm -hmm. So over the next few days, investigators would find shards of metal, several pieces of torn up mail addressed to hell, 2,660 strands of blonde hair, 69 slivers of human bone, five droplets of human blood, two teeth, a piece of human skull, three ounces of human tissue, a portion of a human finger, one fingernail, and one portion of a toenail. It would later be concluded that the blood was the same blood type as Hell's, 
The hair was the same color as Hell's. And one of the teeth had a crown on it, which compared to dental records was Hell's. Mm, God, that's so upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. They also found in the submerged underwater a still chainsaw where someone had put all the effort in the world to conceal it and tried to like scratch off the serial number so it couldn't be mm-hmm. identified mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was at this point that the investigators realized that hell wouldn't be found just mm-hmm. pieces of her because she was disposed of in the lake and it just it it got dark real quick mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but even without her body they were kind of able to theorize what the last moments of her life were like since drops of hell's blood were found in her bedroom, they assumed that she was bludgeoned at the foot of her bed during the early morning hours of November 19th, maybe when she was making the bed, changing the sheets, something normal. Mm-hmm. Um, police speculated that Crafts then carried his wife's body to the basement where he had recently hooked up a new freezer and placed her inside. It was at this point that he had woken up Dawn to have her take the kids to his sister's house police also believe that sometime during the day he took hell's body which was by then frozen to a secluded piece of property that he owned in newtown there they think that he used the still chainsaw and they they he used it on her body to make several Mm -hmm. smaller make her in smaller pieces Mm -hmm. and then put her back in the freezer and then the next day when it was dark out he took the packages that were wrapped in garbage bags to Lake Zor, where he ran them through the wood chipper. Now, because of the time factors involved, the police speculated that when the witness, Joseph Hine, saw the U-Haul in the wood chipper, mm-hmm. he had already finished putting mm-hmm. her through the wood chipper. Um, he was parked along River Road because he was either running fresh wood through the chipper to clean it, mm. or he was getting rid of additional evidence. What Richard Crafts did not know at the time was that as the machine like expels mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. like his wife into the river, some parts didn't make it to the water. That's where the the pieces of the bone and all Mm -hmm. that list that I read, that's where all that was found. And the search warrant was now obtained. And on Christmas Day in 1986, and while Richard took the kids to Florida for the holiday, the police searched the home Mm. within the home. They confirmed that the rug had been removed from the couple's bedroom. A blood smear was also located within the bedroom, just along the base of the bed Mm -hmm. proof of purchase of a large freezer. And the still chainsaw was also found amongst his things. And all of Richard's guns that he had collected were seized during the search. And Mm -hmm. I mean, duh. Mm -hmm. There were traces of Hell's blood found throughout the house. The evidence was mounting and it was becoming clearer and clearer that Richard had disposed of his wife. The prosecution would move forward on attempting to convict him without a body, which with all that evidence, yeah, kind of hard. It's not going to yeah. be hard, you know? Yeah. On January 11th, 1987, a warrant for Richard's arrest was issued and his state troopers. It's This isn't funny. But it is. State troopers and, and detectives surrounded his house and they called him and told him to come outside and surrender. Did, hmm. he, do, did he do that? No, no. Of no. course not. No. Instead, he told the police that he'd take care of it in the morning and he hung up on them. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> what was, a dick. Because he was tired. Oh, well, hung up on them. me hmm. too. Hmm. <laughs> tired of your bullshit. And now, <laughs> finally, after calling back and, and like hanging up, and they finally got him to come out and surrender. He was taken into custody, and he was held on bail of seven hundred fifty thousand mm. dollars. Now, because of the overwhelming amount of publicity surrounding the case, they had to move the trial from Newtown to New London, Connecticut, mm-hmm. and the trial started in May of nineteen eighty-eight. One of the most damning pieces of evidence that was offered at the trial, amongst many, 
was that chainsaw that was recovered Mm -hmm. and how the serial numbers were scratched out. But technicians were able to find remnants of human tissue, blonde hair, and a number of blue fibers in the teeth of the blade. And the blue fibers match the rug inside of the craft's home. Now, the forensic lab, because forensics are fucking awesome, they were were able to restore that serial number, even though... Nice. And even then, in like the 80s, that's actually incredibly impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. And lo and behold, it matched a receipt that belonged to Richard Crafts, indicating that he purchased the chainsaw on January 9th, 1981, paying $644.95. Now, this receipt wasn't found during the search at his home. Um, the private investigator actually gave that receipt to police. And that PI was working overtime, huh? Legit, legit. Dang. When Hell had first hired him, she gave him a box of his personal papers mm-hmm. uh, to kind of help him with his search or clues or whatever. And the receipt was the there. The receipt was in there. Uh, I love uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Dang. Also, another piece of evidence that kind of put the nail in the coffin was the tooth that they found that had the crown that matched hell's dental records so right right motherfucker you caught you just Mm -hmm. caught Mm -hmm. the case went to jury on june 23rd and for the next two weeks nine men and three women tried to reach a verdict but one man who was so fucking stubborn and the interpretations that he made from the evidence was made no sense he held out for a not guilty verdict. And now the other jurors tried to convince him to, you know, be like, hey, no, yeah. you're wrong. And he refused to participate any further. So on July 15th, 1988, after 100 witnesses had testified and 650 exhibits were presented in an epic 53-day trial, a mistrial had to be declared. Stop it. All because of this one fucking dude. However... A new trial was quickly agreed upon. And again, due to the amount of publicity concerning all the details, the venue was changed to Norwalk, Connecticut. So on Mm. September 7th, 1989, the second trial began. The second trial was an exact replay of the first. uh, Same witnesses, same everything. Mm -hmm. And of course, this motherfucker maintained a detached air about him. Of course he did. He was preoccupied with other matters. He was above everything. So when the case finally went to jury on November 20th, it only took eight hours to reach a unanimous verdict. Still too long. (laughs) Way too long. He was found guilty of murder beyond any question. Mm -hmm. 11 men and one woman felt that the evidence easily supported a guilty verdict. And again, showed no emotion when the victim, when the verdict was announced. Wow. And the verdict was announced on November 21st, 1989, which was almost three years to the day when Hell was murdered. Good God. Yeah. And in January of 1990, Richard Crafts received a sentence of 50 years in state prison. Not enough. Yeah, no. But, but this is the kicker. At the age of 82, he was released 20 years early in June of 2020. Due to a law that was in place at the time of his 1987 sentencing Mm -hmm. that allowed for sentences to be reduced by years as a reward for good behavior and prison work. That law has since been changed. Good. So this motherfucker is free and still alive. Good God. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the story of the murder of Hellcrafts. By hit by her fuck face of a husband. Wow. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And it's funny. Well, it's not funny. When I was doing research and trying to find like websites and stuff, there are a lot of wood chipper murders. Yeah. So yeah. There was actually an episode of Bones about that. Somebody also frozen. Yeah. And run through a wood chipper. I wonder if they got um they were inspired by this story. I was curious about that when you were mentioning her being frozen. I was thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. possible. It's possible. Yeah. There was nothing on Criminal Minds Wiki, so I don't think it was inspired anything Criminal Minds wise. But mm-hmm. but still, but yeah, that is that is that. Dang, that is well, that. great mm-hmm. story. Thank Thanks, Jovi. 
You're welcome. Great job. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us for yet another episode of Bed Crime Stories. Yes. Uh, we appreciate all of you very, very, very much. Please make sure you find us on our social meds, which right now is just the Instagram. She mm-hmm. stands alone on Instagram. <laughs> and that's at Bed Crime Stories. <laughs> um you can also shoot us an email if you have any story suggestions if you want to send us pictures of your animals please uh, that's the thing that we do please we appreciate it yes um you can email us at bedcrimestoriespod at gmail.com mm-hmm. wherever mm-hmm. you are listening to us make sure you like rate review and subscribe always also make sure that you tell a friend mm-hmm. i think that's pretty much it please guys as always, we always ask you, and it's never going to change. We're going to do it every single time to please be kind. Be the band-aid. Yes, please. Please do so. Be careful out there. Mm-hmm. Shit's crazy, man. I just can't anymore. Um, I literally cannot <laughs> is what I can't do is not. No. But yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. We love all of you so much. We'll talk to you all soon. We'll see you next week. But until then... Sweet dreams. Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.